I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. One on one, I'm undefeated. Never lost. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. I thought it was going to score. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go. USA to lead the Welcome to the Wide Open Sportscast. My name is Rick. Hey, I'm Feds, and welcome to your mother's favorite podcast. And welcome to me finishing my pizza. Hey, that looks really good. Chicken margarita? Yeah, man. 30 minutes or less. It didn't come in 30 minutes. Nah, it seemed like 45. Yeah, that sucked. Did you get your money back? Nope. That doesn't exist anymore. Unfortunately, Domino's... Well, I didn't even order from Domino's, but... Unfortunately, that doesn't exist anymore, but... Ooh. Besides that, a little uh, dent in my life. How, How have you been, man? Doing good, hanging in there, just getting back into the swing of things, getting back to school every day, coaching soccer. Yeah, how's coaching going? Going well. Uh, season's off to a good start. Wish playing was better. Uh, Monday, so Monday I play in a men's lacrosse league, and I play goalie. Uh-huh. That's why I played in um, high school, basically what I've been playing most of my lacrosse career. The last two shots of the game, right to Los Cajones. Right to my guacan balls. <laughs> and it freaking hurt. Speaking of Los Cojones, did you see that that uh, the opening ceremony pitch for the Boston Red Sox today? Oh, my lanta. So we're recording this on the 16th of August. Uh, today, the Boston Red Sox were opening up a game, and they had a ceremonial pitch. I have no idea who was even throwing the pitch. But what happened he was— He kind of looked like a knockoff of Andrew Benintendi. He had the lettuce. Yeah, he had the yeah. Long, he, he looked like a— Okay, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But uh, what, what happened was— he threw the ball and probably not as bad as what 50 Cent did against the when he did the opening one for the Mets, but it was bad enough where it got overthrown by the by the Boston Red Sox that was supposed to catch it, and there was a photographer in the background, and he got hit in the nuts. Oh, I I felt the pain. You know those moments when you can feel the pain. Yes, I and do. And then the best part is you see Wally, the green monster, the mascot, just signaling like, yo, that guy probably needs some help right now. <laughs> he seemed to be just waving his arms in the background like, he just got hit in the balls. Yeah, so pretty pretty bad start to the game for that guy. But overall, my weekend also is, uh, well, my, my week so far has been okay. It's been okay at day, uh, time at work. But I've been dealing with an issue all week. That issue has been my parents' cat. My parents have been away for the entire week. So I've been going over every morning before I go to work. you're the cat sitter. I'm the cat sitter. It's, it's an outdoor cat, so it has to be a little more aggressive. to hunt. It does hunting and kills mice and birds and all. Uh, this cat doesn't like me. <laughs> it likes everyone else in my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, like likes them. And the cat's name is Lucky. Lucky doesn't like me, and I don't know why. So... Every morning when I was living at home, my my mom or my dad would go out and feed Lucky. Lucky would come up and like, you know, rub against them, like, purr, like purr and all that. That was actually a pretty good impression. I've had cats. Are you all sure? Are you, I was gonna say, are you sure it doesn't like you? Because it that, sounds that, like that, you've that, been that was around like, with it. That was my old cat whispers purr. That wasn't Lucky's purr. Lucky 
whenever I go over and feed the cat in the morning. So the, the way it's, I have to do it is feed the cat in the morning and feed the cat in the afternoon. Uh, I feed the cat in the morning. It does a hiss and walks away from me. It's clockwork. Same thing. Hiss walks away from me. At least it's consistent. Cl- go there in the afternoon. It'll bite. It'll try to bite or scratch at me. So I have I have to fight this thing off at eight thirty in the morning and at five o'clock in the morning. So that's that's my uh, issues of the week. But besides that, it's been pretty good. Your cat's name is Lucky, but you seem pretty unlucky. Yeah, man. Unlucky. But speaking of lucky, Feds, what happened this week for us? Ladies and gentlemen, the Wide Open Sportscast has been accepted to iTunes. Woo! Boom shaka laka laka laka. Sound effects after. Yes, we are officially on iTunes now, dude. This is awesome. Thank you. Uh, Feds was the one that put in the application. Uh, so I thank you for that, Feds. Of course, and thank you, Rick, for again talking me into this. Look at how successful you already are. Four episodes. And we're already on uh, I, I the iTunes talk- family. I was talking with my one buddy. I'm actually gonna mention him a little bit later. Uh, but I was talking with my one buddy. He has a he has a podcast called Full Slice Podcast. He was telling me that he applied multiple times and he didn't get in, but we got in on the first shot. That's pretty it's, awesome. It, yeah. I was, when he told me he got in, he they had to apply multiple times. I was thinking like. Well, I mean, we're brand new. They're about. They have a really good show. Definitely recommended. Yeah, they're they're a really good show. They're forty-one episodes in. They've been podcasting for over a year now. They just had their anniversary episode. Very good as well. And uh, they told me, well, Kyle, uh, it's Kyle and Tyler Sepp, uh, brothers that do the podcast. They told me it took them about three to four times to get on. Or get on iTunes. So I'm happy that we were able to get on first, or get on on our first try. So and also it was kind of like there. I they kind of gave me the idea of like try to apply for it at least. Mm-hmm. So now that we're on, like that's set. yeah. Let's let's keep going and, with it. And, and the traffic has been great. We've been getting more listens than ever already. We haven't even broken on to the new and noteworthy yet, which is hopefully something that we're going to be able to pull off if we keep up this momentum. But thank you guys so much. It doesn't happen without you guys supporting us. Yeah, this week to was our huge. Show, so thank you so much. And don't forget, you can subscribe and rate and review on our new iTunes page. You can check it out in our Twitter bio at WideOpen underscore sports. You can see it's linked there as our website. And you can also just go on to iTunes, go under the podcast, and search up Wide Open Sportscast with the, in the iTunes podcast library. Or you can use the podcast app on your phone to look for us, subscribe, download, and make sure you give us some rate and reviews so that way we can expand the family as well. And, and definitely give us some feedback. We're always down for some feedback. We, uh, One of my friends a couple weeks ago told, gave me a little feedback. We're trying to build off of that. Uh, we're looking so for some more and more feedback. So any feedback, good or bad, we will take it. And thank you guys again so much. It has been a huge weekend. Looks like we we have a very, very important celebratory beverage with us tonight. The Cane Brewing Head High IPA. Personally, my favorite beer out there at the moment. I figured we needed something a little nice to celebrate. Another thing that Feds did for me, so thank you again, Feds. You gave me some of the pizza. That is true. I did do that. But uh, along with – I think we're done with our opening banter. I think let's let's move into our – First topic of the day. Yeah, you know. All right, and our first topic, uh, definitely not the best topic to talk about, but it's been huge. No, 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 no. Huge this week. It's pretty much been between uh, Charlottesville and sports. How we're kind of 
we're going to do our best to kind of just relate it away from politics and into the sports politics. Yeah, if, um, you, if you want the politics, go check out your respective Fox News, CNN, wherever you want to go. Again, we may give our opinion here or there about some things, but we're going to try to mainly keep it into the sports. And what have the major athletes done in response to the event that happened in Charlottesville? Because we know by the time you're listening to this, you guys have already made up your opinions about it on the political scale. You've already heard everything. You know what happened. You guys have probably seen the Vice news thing on it. So we're going to try to give you, to the best of our ability, the sports edition of the events that happened in Charlottesville. Yeah, man. So what do you, what do you got for us? Um, First, um, we have two incidences. Two new athletes are adding their names to the infamous list of those who have sat during the national anthem. First off, we're going to talk about Marshawn Lynch since he did do it first. He had a conversation with Jack Del Rio afterwards where he had told Coach Del Rio when questioned, this is something I've done for 11 years. It's not a form of anything other than me being myself. So the way I'm taking is Marshawn's just like, I'm just here so I He's won't just get fined. He's just being beast mode. Um, Jack Del Rio responded to that by saying, so you understand how I feel, and I feel very strongly and believe in standing for the national anthem, but I'll respect you as a man. You do your thing, we'll do ours, so it's a non-issue. I think that's a very professional way for Jack Del Rio to handle that so it doesn't become a distraction for the team. Well, well, I, I kind of see it, it can become a distraction for the team. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't a really a good thing for the 49ers last year when Colin Kaepernick started doing the sitting and then the kneeing. Uh, but Marshawn Lynch is just Marshawn Lynch. He he pulls the whole beast mode thing. He I, I I've actually never seen him sit for it. I mean, never. it's just I, I mean he didn't do it last year because he was out of the NFL. Because it almost makes it seem like in his comment saying it's just me being myself. So it's, it's making it seem like he's done this before. We just haven't noticed it because it wasn't as big of a deal in and the past. I, yeah, and I feel like I mean. It kind of, kind of this whole sitting thing, I think along with other people that are going to be doing it, kind of has lost its effect. Uh, it's not really not really a shock anymore. When Colin Kaepernick, when it was first discovered that Colin Kaepernick did it, uh, uh, it Super did. Bowl non-winning quarterback, uh, he it shocked the world. Yeah, uh, well, it shocked the U.S. at least. Pro- probably different parts of the world, maybe if they're really interested in what happens in the U.S. But it definitely shocked the U.S. Um, it even affected a bunch of ratings for the NFL, which I, we talked about. Which, on, which on needs a past as one. much as help as it can get right now. Yeah, which we uh, we talked about on past uh, podcasts. But I just don't think of it as the same anymore. I mean, first off, I was never one that hated the idea. I I was very indifferent. Now mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Like it doesn't matter to me. I think of it like this: when I'm watching at home, I'm not standing. Yeah. No, so, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I understand for the players that are in on the field, it's kind of like show respect before you're about to perform type thing. I completely get that. But, I don't know, I'm not standing while I'm watching a, a race or a football game or a baseball game. So, you bring up a funny point on that. Is one time I was in a bar, and the MLB All-Star game was on. This was back a few years ago. And the National Anthem was being played, and a World War II vet had stood up and was the only one standing in the bar during the national anthem because the game was being broadcasted over the bar speakers, and the guy actually flipped out on everyone else at the bar for not stopping what they were doing, 
and standing for the it's national just, anthem. I mean, it's kind of like what Jack Del Rio. I mean, he he know what Jack Del Rio said. Uh, I I feel very strongly in your stands for the national anthem. He felt very strongly in the stand standing for the national anthem. Versus uh, Hugh Jackson, who said straight out, "I don't want any protest." Period with the Cleveland Browns. He said it's not happening. Uh, I think I I, I think that's kind of like. Uh, he doesn't want any controversy. And I mean, the Browns they, already have so many distractions on that yeah, team. Yeah, the Browns are so have so many distractions on the team. They don't need something else to worry about on that list. Well, not necessarily distractions. Actually, they're are they aren't they pretty clean this year? Like in like crime wise. I'm talking about their distractions for how much they suck. Well, I mean, at least they're probably not, they're actually probably not going to be the worst team this year. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, so yeah, I was at I was at New York Jets Titans the other night. The game ended seven three. And the Jets scored on the first drive of the game within the first minute and a half. No team came even close to scoring a touchdown. Who was the quarterback for touchdown. the Jets when they scored? McCown. McCown? But people were a lot more impressed with Hackenberg. Well, I mean, McCown, I think, didn't McCown only play like one series? He only had one. Where Hacken, Hackenberg was like 19 for 24 for 170 yards. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. But um, back to the topic. Yeah. Roger Goodell also spoke out about it as well. You know, I think that was actually one of the better moments in Roger Goodell's recent career. <laughs> he had a good moment? Yeah. Yeah, I I really liked what he said nah. there. What? <laughs> I, I Well, first off, I like what how he ended it on how he he said that players like Brandon Marshall and Doug Baldwin are going into communities and being proactive. And I think if players are going to be doing this kneeling or sitting thing, they need to be proactive. Uh, because that was something they talked about in the first place when Kaepernick had first sat down and people were saying, yeah, you're sitting down, but what are you doing for the community? So that was good that he mentioned that because I know that was an original critique of and, Cap's original protest when it first shocked the world. And also, I, I don't remember specifically those two players being ones that would kneel or sit. But it's it's nice that he has some examples there. And you had to feel like Malcolm Jenkins did the black power for the Eagles, put his fist up. Yeah. Um, you know, saw it as I'm still standing for the national anthem. And obviously it's a very, very iconic moment in sports in the Olympics. Um, you also had, right after the Charlottesville events, Michael Bennett sat for the national anthem and explained why he had sat down, basically saying a lot of the reason why he sat down for the National Anthem had to do with the events in Charlottesville and mm-hmm. said that this is a conversation that we keep having to have. Is no matter how many times this comes up, something still keeps happening. So I've had enough, and I'm sick of tired of having this conversation about racism in America. Well, to 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 bend into Charlottesville, that that was a crazy event. That was, I mean, I didn't even hear about it until probably about a couple hours into it actually Literally, happening. It feels like Inglorious Bastards. We're doing one thing, one thing only. Killing Nazis. Yeah, well, unfortunately the Nazis did the killing a little yeah, bit there. Yeah, and it's, 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 you know, unspeakable, it's horrible, it's... It... The, idea, the idea that people still hold a Nazi flag for what they believe is a good belief is kind of mind mind boggling to me. So this is the only political part because we said we're going to keep the focus on sports, but this yeah. is the only political part I'm going to bring up. How can you be a patriotic American and be a Nazi at the same time? It does not make sense. We spent an entire world war. We stormed the beaches of Normandy 
to beat the Nazis. So how can you be a patriot and a Nazi at the same time? It's a contradiction. That and also I, I was on uh, Reddit this week uh, shortly after the events of, uh, of Charlottesville. Uh, one, one of the top posts that was on there, it was two pictures. The top picture was people holding a Nazi flag in Charlottesville. And the, the tag of the picture is was the bottom picture is the only reason why Americans should ever hold a Nazi flag. And it was a picture from World War II where they captured a point from the Nazis and a group of soldiers was holding a Nazi flag in celebration. Right, like, come on. The, the entire world fought a war over the Nazis. Yes. And what they believed in. So how can you be a patriotic Nazi? It's, it's a giant contradiction. Yeah, to me. It, it's a bad look. And for people that were arguing that the Confederate flag was like a non-racial thing, that was a bad look for them yeah, this week. as well. Because a lot, a lot of Confederate flags were being flown as what well. What are you going to tell me next? We're going to compare Robert E. Lee to George Washington? Nice Trump. But um, let's get back on, focused on what we're doing here. Some athletes. Yeah, some athletes. Um, speaking of Trump, LeBron James uh, tweeted uh, challenging Donald Trump. Make America great again. Make I'm sorry about that. Make America great again, huh? He said that, basically with the shake my head emoji. Chris Long said that LeBron, evolution. LeBron loves emojis. It's ridiculous. LeBron, man. Well, we're gonna be getting into a lot about him later. Uh, Chris Long said that evolution will favor the self-assured, not the man babies with tiki torches playing militia. That, I, that's also a, a funny thing. I think I, know, like, I think we're about tiki to go, torches. Yeah, the the fact that these guys just all they did was go to Home Depot and buy, <laughs> and buy like the like those like those torches that keep away bugs on your back porch. That was kind of hilarious. All I'm thinking about is the Django Unchained scene when they're running at them with the torches and they can't see with the bags on their head, and it's like Jonah Hill's in that scene out of nowhere. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. But like, it was trying to be tough with a tiki torch. Yeah. Um. The Red Wings front office, this is actually this interesting. Is interesting. It wasn't interesting. from a actual player. It was from the entire front office for the Detroit Red Wings. They said that they were... What's that word? Give me a second here. This is why I teach history. <laughs> You're the one that wrote this one. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is why the, I'm a history teacher. Vehemently? They really disagreed with it, okay? <laughs> they really... They really... We're, we're working off the same Google Doc where we both write on these things. <laughs> we're both like, oh, what? Feds was the one that mainly worked on this on this part, and he wrote the word they didn't even know. I'm to... trying to quote word for word. Vehemently. <laughs> they really freaking disagreed with it. <laughs> um, hockey is for everyone, and we celebrate the great diversity of our fan base and our nation. Well, the, the, You know the reason why they were saying that? Oh, uh, why? Because they, they were you. There was a part of like a Red Wings logo used in one of the flags. I one, actually one of the logos. did see that. So now I, that you mention that, and also the Red Wings, I read on Twitter today were thinking about legal action. I don't know how they would unless, unless they got the name of the people that were holding that uh, that symbol. But. I'm sure they did because there's people tweeting out like, "Hey, this guy's a Nazi, and he was at the Charlottesville rally, and these people are all getting fired left and right because of it." Yeah, isn't there like a there was a Twitter page that was like name this Nazi? Yeah, some something like that, and people were getting named left and right. Fished off Mach and Bosch and Gruber Flog and Yag and Yag and Yag. What the hell's going on out here? really reaching there dude yeah i know <laughs> all right what else you got next um martellus bennett you'll never be able to find me by my game I'm trying to discredit my voice because the term i play sport sports don't work i don't go to school to play education 
Um, and I'm kind of like a playoff of that. Um, Nick Novak, who is actually from Charlottesville, the kicker for the Houston Texans, says that it was the devil's work. And a popular story originally, which caused controversy among Steph Curry, is that when Under Armour CEO Kevin Plank was named to Trump's marketing and manufacturing council, Steph Curry was seriously considering his relationship with Under Armour. But now, after the results of Charlottesville, Kevin Plank has left Trump's manufacturing council along with many, many others. But obviously, we're going to talk about him because originally, it almost caused one of NBA's biggest stars to make a monumental move and move away from arguably Under Armour's first real big basketball deal. It moved to Big Baller Brand. Oh, God. (laughs) We'll get into that again later (laughs) as well. Um, So here's my question for you, Rick. What do you believe? Do you believe that we're going to have more of a ripple effect from Charlottesville? And what is it going to be on the rest of the sports world? Again, I know we've gone into our political thoughts on this a little bit. But what do you think the effect is going to be on the world of sports? On the world of sports, um, my my thought is I can definitely see more kneeling and like more American flag protests. But something else needs to happen. Something more than Twitter. Uh, granted, Twitter and any other social media is a great way to get out to fans of the sport and to try to reason with people and to discuss issues. But something needs to happen more. It goes kind of goes back to Roger Goodell saying that this player and this player, uh, it was uh, Brandon Marshall and Doug Baldwin. I'm sure there's other players that have done it, but he named those two. Those two are trying to be proactive in helping raise awareness to their issues. Which is going to be the key in all of this is so many people want to express their um, opinions on Twitter and everything, but the real way you do it is by your actions. I'm I'm actually curious, uh, since we're in football season really right now, uh, week two of preseason uh, starts tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, Like I said before, we're recording this on the 16th of August. Uh, I'm curious what happens then Yeah, with those games, uh, the games on Saturday and the games on Sunday. I'm really curious what that. Um, I'm going to quote an NBA. I'm going to quote a legend on this. What's that? Everybody love everybody. Jackie Moon. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be years, if if ever, that happens. Yeah, that, uh, un- I unfortunately, mean, th- this is as long as you and I have been alive and even – People our parents' age will say this. So this is the most divided that they remember this country being. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a rough time. Uh, Speaking of another real rough time, yeah. a organization that's having a rough time, not only with their layoffs at the moment. Uh, what were your thoughts on ESPN's auction draft? For those of you that don't know what had happened, was ESPN had their marathon of – fantasy football went on for a certain amount of time i personally thought it should have gone on for 26 hours 26.2 miles in a marathon just you're taking it from a guy who runs half marathons they caught a lot of heat and basically what had happened is they did a skit and the skit was that they were doing an auction draft auctioning off players much like what you have in your common there's auction drafts all over the place it's very very common in fantasy football they auctioned off tom brady and gronk but then the last player that they did is they held up. They're basically holding up like fat heads of the players, and they were all. Was it like pictures off. of them on like a popsicle stick or something? Yeah, yeah. It was Odell Beckham Jr. 
being auctioned off to a whole crowd of white people in the crowd bidding on Odell Beckham Jr. for him to be on their fantasy football team. But you know what the implication is there. What were your thoughts on that? I think people are just trying to... I mean, just people are sensitive now. They're just so overly sensitive. And it was right after Charlottesville, too. And, yeah, this is all there. right after Charlottesville. I don't think... obviously, I obviously don't think ESPN's intention was to be racist. And I don't even think that it's racist. Just The, the problem was... Uh, one of the articles I read, it was like a similar scene to the movie Get Out, where like white people that like, was mentioned hip- a lot today as well hypnotize uh, black people and being pretty much stuck in their community to kind of serve them. Uh, that's the basic gist. That's probably a very poor uh, synopsis of the story of Get Out, but the idea is that it was similar to that when they saw OBJ being auctioned off to a crowd of white people. I think people are overreacting to this um it's just it came at the wrong time it came at the wrong time i guess but at the same time they were auctioning off white people right and, and probably other, i don't know if there was other races i actually never even watched this clip no i, I just, I, just read the articles. I, I honestly didn't watch any i don't trust espn for crap on anything with fantasy sports the ncaa tournament i don't listen to them on anything but it was Tom Brady, Gronk, and then OBJ at the end. So you do bring up a valid point on saying it wasn't – it would be a totally different story if they were auctioning off Jordan Matthews. Um, I, I, just, I just think people, people were just upset that it was mostly white people in the crowd. It was all, yeah. They were, a big talking point was that it was all white people. <sighs> that's, that's just – that's digging. That's, that's digging for something to hate. Or something to argue about, in my opinion. I, which at this moment a lot of people want to do. Yeah, you know. No, and and rightfully some some people just need to do that. But I just I just find that people are just digging. But uh, ask KD, bum ass ESPN is out of ideas, quote unquote. I I mean, <laughs> I can kind of agree with that, but I mean all the people they're laying off left and right, they got to be I just, running I just out think of this writers. Is... I just think that like people would like nowadays people try to find anything that will race bait. A hundred percent. And it's not even race bait. Just start an argument. Just start an argument about nothing. I mean, I do that all the time with my friends just to screw with them. But people are trying to do this to get uh, approve their agenda. See, Rick, I think you're a hundred percent correct. And I completely agree with everything you're saying. But this is why you're wrong. Why is that? I'm just using it as an example of why people are saying, yeah, I agree with you, but I'm still going to tell you why you're wrong because I want to argue with you for the fact that I'm going to argue with you. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it just it just sucks that it's at times it comes to this. There's some there's some reasons why people need to open up awareness. This is just someone was angry or people were angry for, in my opinion, no reason. And speaking of things that people are angry about, unfortunately, we got to talk about a lot of bad headlines that were around the world of sports this weekend for our top headlines. But let's jump into something as well that also caught a lot of headlines for the complete wrong reasons last this week, last week and this week as well. Well, I mean, it's Zeke Elliott. Correct. I mean, this has been happening for a while, but we big... finally, finally it, found it, out the truth. Well. The big, the big thing came out this week that Zeke received a six-game suspension. 
Uh, he is going to appeal using his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend Tiffany Thomas's testimony against her, saying that she falsely reported that domestic abuse uh, was was done and in the reports and tried to bait Zeke into falsely admitting the abuse. Apparently, part of their claim is that she was going to blackmail him with sex tapes, saying that, I'm going to say this, and if you say anything against me, I'm going to release this sex tape of us. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, that sucks. But uh, obviously, people like Jerry Jones, furious. They said that he was fuming. Well, like, livid. <laughs> uh, Dak Prescott said... Doesn't add any pressure to the Cowboys. Oh, yes, it does. And I disagree with that. Now, before we get into – actually, no, let's let's get into the poll. Uh, This week um, was our biggest poll yet. And And once again, guys, thank you so much. 71 votes. 71. That was our biggest one yet. Our last one was five. (laughs) And uh, the votes came in this week. Uh, The question was, how many games does Zeke Elliott deserve? Uh, we we came up with four different categories: deserve one to four games, deserve six games, deserve seven games plus, or deserves no suspension. Apparently, this week I believe we got a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans. Too. I think we had a lot of Cowboy fans retweet the thing because I had mentioned Ezekiel Elliott, and we saw a very very Dallas Cowboy biased population. <laughs> But that's just the way it goes sometimes. So, Rick, why don't you run through those numbers and the percentages? So, the biggest one deserves no suspension, got 48% of the votes. Shocker! Uh, second was deserves one to four games for at 21%. Third was deserves seven plus games at 17%. And fourth at 14%. Deserves six games. Some of our comments that we had, big shout out to Steve Hobson once again interacting with us at the show. Basically is in the camp that he deserved what he deserved, saying don't want to get suspended, don't assault people. That's simple. And also, once again, big shout out to my good friend Jeff at ESPN Radio and Giants Insider, who is actually a Cowboys fan, working for the Giants on the low key, said that he believed it was unfair but he believed the NFL needed an example again, much like with Ray Rice, but they had completely had goofed that whole thing up. He said that this time the ESPN, not ESPN, the NFL needed to set an example, and this was the opportunity to do so. What do you think, uh, Rick? Where would you vote in there? Um, I would probably vote deserves one to four games. Now, here's why. Uh, I may go off on a little rant here. That's fine. I, uh, you I gave got, me I got, the hot mic last yeah. week. I'm going to give it to you this week. So here, Enjoy here's, the spicy here's my mic. thing. Here's my thing with the NFL right now. They are a entertainment company. They are very qualified to produce entertainment and do things for entertainment. For example, they this week they gave the shiny penny saying that athletes were able to wear customized cleats now. Either black, they can wear black and white or customized cleats to the colors of the team that they play for. They can't. Wow. They don't. They don't have uh, a restriction on that. So people like OBJ can wear crazy cleats every week. They're gonna have to call it the SFL, they, the somewhat fun league. They did away with a lot of the celebration rules. They are doing things on the one side that are very good, very. Uh, very entertaining trying to bring the the old game back uh yes in a way but on the other side of the fence the uh dirty penny is their legal team 
Now, the NFLPA has set up, had it set up pretty much where uh, Roger Goodell is judge, jury, and executioner. And Roger Goodell is pretty much doing, in my opinion, is doing all this stuff with the uh, the dancing and the and the cleats and all to kind of help pad him to keep this power before the new agreement has to be assigned between the NFL and the NFLPA. And definitely say that he's taking the guilty until proven innocent approach. That's that's my exact thing that's happening here. Uh, from reports that I've read, Zeke Elliott wasn't even interviewed. He wasn't even questioned on this. They took only the one side's evidence. And I'm going to quote evidence because one, it's not, no one actually has proven that any of this has necessarily happened. Even the gov, not the government, the, uh, the cops that were involved on the actual legal side outside the NFL, no, no charges were done. But the NFL has to suspend him because there was quote unquote possibilities of violent domestic violence and do we even have to bring up people in the past in the nfl who have admitted to domestic violence and got much less than what zeke did but now they're they're doing this whole thing where it's like if 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 you if you're involved in it if your name was put in six games automatically now how is that going to affect fanhood how is this going to affect people that have zeke elliott on their fantasy team and again how is this going to affect the money that's going to come in from Zeke Elliott sales, aka jerseys, uh, people that do paid fantasy, um, and people again, going to Dallas Cowboy games. And this is what we mentioned earlier in the show for a, a league that's already suffering in the ratings department. I, I don't agree with this. I agree that there should be a at somewhere in one to four games, no. six games. No, my my reasoning why on this is because Zeke Elliott has been far. From a model citizen, and that's what the NFL wants in their in their on their teams is model citizens. There's plenty of players that are not model citizens. Life of the party. He he is the he is the life of the party, but he has proven ever since they started this investigation where he would do things like pull down that girl's shirt on the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade thing. That he is definitely not a model citizen. He doesn't he doesn't care. He went to Ohio State. What do you think? He. He is kind of being, in my opinion, just thrown under the bus just to be thrown under the bus. And I feel bad for him. I do believe there, de- there deserves a suspension because you're, you're an NFL player. You're ho- held up to a higher de- degree over collegiate players and maybe even other, other ath- athletes in different leagues because it is the biggest sport in America. So you're supposed to be that model citizen. He is not and. That deserves a suspension. Six games, hell no. So I hope, I hope he gets it appealed. I can see him bumping it down one, two games. I don't think he'll be able to bump it down. Yeah, that was all the way to zero. My next question for you is: Does he win the appeal? He does. He wins the appeal of getting less of a suspension, but he doesn't. Like he, he wins the battle, not the war. So. And here's something that I think you and I can both relate to with this. How does this change the picture in the NFC East? And does his suspension open the door for the Giants, Eagles, or Redskins? Um, it would be closer, but they're still going to win the NFC East. Uh, here's why. The Redskins, they're definitely, they're still, even with Zeke out, they, they, both, they have K. 
capable backup running backs on the Dallas. Even with Zeke out, I mean, I, the Redskins are still probably going to be fourth in this division. Trash. The Eagles are, in my opinion, going to be third uh, for these reasons. Uh, one, they've, they've proven that the red zone office, offense is still not good. Uh, what? <laughs> they Tell done me something it. I don't know. Uh, they And they still seem a little shaky. Giants, I see kind of be – Eagles and Giants are going to be close. I, but I think the Giants are going to edge the Eagles this year. Their biggest problem is their offensive line. Their I, I offen- like they have, they have all the flash. They have all the receivers. They have an offensive. They do not have an offensive line. They do not have a running back. Yeah, and I'd unfortunately agree with you on that. I do believe that the Giants would be more likely to edge Dallas than Philadelphia. I don't even put the Redskins into the picture. You like that, Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I'd, I know you do. Um, because you look at, like you mentioned, the flash of the Giants. And the Eagles right now, yeah, they got all these new faces. But once again, that's what they got. They got so many new faces and new pieces. It's, I find it, it's going to be very hard for them to be successful with putting all those pieces together and being, I hope this works, I hope this works, I hope this works. That's what I feel like they are right now. And the appeals process is supposed to end right before the season. Uh, I think it's supposed to end before their last uh, preseason game, which is on the 31st against the Texans. So if Zeke does not get any of these appealed, their first six games are Giants, Broncos, Cardinals, Rams, Packers, 49ers. Three and three, at least. At least three and three. three. I can even see him go four and two. I can see them being the Giants, Broncos, Rams, and 49ers. Packers and Cardinals, I can see them struggle against. Uh, I can see the Packers taking it to them, uh, even with their defense not being as good. I think they have improved on defense, but it's still not as good. The Cardinals, I just don't know the the situation with Palmer. Yeah, he's he's getting up like there he's getting he's getting up there, and I mean he he went down early last year. He can go down early again. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's. That's my rant on that. Uh, it was and- very, very spicy. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, so what we're actually going to do is once we get this podcast out there and it's going to be fully uploaded for you guys, what we're going to do on our Twitter again at wide open underscore sports is we're going to be creating another poll and hopefully we get as much interaction as we did on the last one. We're going to ask you, does Zeke win the appeal? And if you vote, and give us the comment. We will include you in the show, much like we did for Jeff and Steve. Again, you guys, thank you so much. Thanks again, guys. And it was awesome to have 71 of you vote. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. But remember to get into the show, vote and comment, and let your voice be heard. Use that First Amendment right. And look for that. We'll be tweeting that out as soon as we get the chance all right feds before we uh get on to questionable calls let's uh i I just want to give a shout out again to full slice podcast they are a uh they're a funny group it's uh two brothers tyler and kyle uh they're they're good friends of mine i play poker with uh kyle all the the time the one time that we played with him that was a good time yeah we we play in our, our one league but uh they what I like about their podcast is they, they have some awesome interviews. They've had some hockey players on there. They've had Laura Hall from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Do you know the pianist? Yeah, that was great. I they, remember listening to that one, too. They, they, they do funny things with sound effects. They uh, they have also a, a funny thing at the end. They call the Darwin Award. It's basically pretty much 
funny ways that people have died. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty raunchy, uh, pretty pretty funny podcast. Uh, but it's a full slice. It's very falling. Yeah, the, actually, slow, their, their slogan's uh, always free, always filling. So go check those guys out. on uh, They're on they're on SoundCloud. Uh, I may have accidentally said Spotify. I don't think they're on Spotify. Uh, they're on SoundCloud, and they're on iTunes as well. So go check those guys out. Pretty funny group. They come out with a, uh, a podcast like every two weeks, sometimes less. And again, guys, thank you for giving us the advice to go towards iTunes and help us to take this podcast to our next level as we continue to grow. And we're happy to be a part of the family. So thank you again. All right, man. Let's uh, let's move on to questionable calls. Questionable po- calls every week. We come up with different questions, thinking like, what would get our juices boiling? Brought to you by none other than Rick's Couch. <laughs> yes. So what do you got first? First this week. All right. First question of the week. Do you believe that Dana White leaked the Conor McGregor quote unquote knockout footage of Pauly Malignaggi? in an attempt to help sell the fight to make it look like Connor actually has a chance. So do you think that he just released it to be like, hey guys, look at this, buy the fight? Because uh, they saw the lack of s- ticket sales, at least, for I the mean, fight. Do I necessarily believe that was Dana White that leaked it? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think it was kind of leaked on purpose by someone in McGregor, if not Dana White's crew. I, I could definitely see that being leaked. Yeah, so here's some of the controversy with it. Um, the legitimacy of the knockout or knockdown is under question itself. Um, Paulie had said that Connor had pushed his head down, and when he tried to pull it back up, Connor let go, causing him to fall off balance, and he fell. But obviously, everyone in Camp Notorious is saying it was a knockdown. Joe Cortez was the official. Wait, judge they said it was a knockdown or a knockout? It was a um, little bit of both. Oh, okay. Um,. Joe Cortez was, was the official. They were judging it based off of was it a knockdown. It originally came out as, oh, my God, he knocked him out. It was more of a knockdown. Um, Joe Cortez was the official judging the bout. The video cut off before he was able to give his ruling about whether it was it was counted as a knockdown or not. And he has not done any interviews because he signed a non-disclosure agreement. So what a website decided to do is that they went to Tom Taylor, who is a part of the CSAC which is part of the boxing government body in California, who said it was honestly a judgment call. It can go both ways. It's, it's like the most politically correct I've ever heard anything involving Conor McGregor has ever been. You can't even read. But, uh, yeah, judgment call, like he, he can't even give an example. I, I mean... So back to back to the main question. I say I say yes. It was it was leaked. Yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily by Dana White, but I definitely see this being leaked. What do you say? Because here's the quote that they were using. When you're in that type of situation, you're promoting the fight 24/7. You got to do whatever you can. You, and yeah, obviously, what's the notion right now? Even though Rick, I think you're in the same camp as me. I want to see McGregor knock Mayweather's teeth out. It's probably not going to happen. I, like let's I, be realistic. Honestly, honestly, at this point, I'd I'd be happy if. He would to he was able to knock down Mayweather at least once. I I'm hoping that happens once. I mean McGregor is definitely needs to be on the offensive, and Mayweather is definitely going to be defensive because that's the way he always fights. But I'm just hoping McGregor gets one good like left hook in there and just knocks him to his knee. So that's right because that's the whole thing. Again, we've talked about this in the past. Is it's pretty telling that there's Vegas odds that is McGregor even going to land a punch. 
So I believe that someone, if it be it, it wasn't Dana White, wasn't it Dana White? Someone in the UFC camp said, "We got to sell this fight. We got to make people believe that Conor has a chance because we need to make sure that people are buying this fight, going out, watching it. I know that we'll be at a buddy's house to go watch the fight." It was totally an attempt to sell it because the notion is right now, you even watch our training videos and you just watch the way that they train and the way that they fight. And it looks like Mayweather is going to end this by the first round. Is that going to happen? Probably not. But you just see the way that they train, the way that they fight. Mayweather is a showman. He, I, I, da- I 100% doubt he would want this to end in the no. first round. He, you know that if Mayweather can, he's going to drag this out as long as he can. Yeah. He needs to pay the IRS. So he needs a paycheck. Uh, so that's pretty much my opinions on that. Uh, one of our shorter ones of the day. Question number two. We're looking at the AL East. Obviously, we've had a great reemergence of that Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. Currently at the moment, I believe the Yankees are about to beat the Mets. And the Red Sox are losing to the Cardinals by the time that we are recording this. So by the end of the day and by the time you're listening to this the red Sox will probably be three and a half up on the evil empire in my opinion but here's my question for you can andrew benintendi of the boston red Sox catch aaron judge for al rookie of the year um, let me hit you with some of their stats okay just to help you with it mm-hmm. so the first half of the season we don't even have to go through the stats judge was the runaway winner he was even talking about al mvp where Ben and Tendy went through a real struggle. Both of them came up through the minor leagues and played a little bit last year, but now they're technically both considered rookies. Since the All-Star break, I mean, obviously, I don't know if you saw it today, Judge hit a monster home run into the complete upper deck of City he, he Field. Also hit, yeah, he also hit a home run yesterday. Um, But at the same time, he also, even though he hit a home run yesterday, he struck out for the 32nd consecutive game. Yeah, he isn't I don't know if he struck out today. Let's uh oh, let's check that out right now. Um so while you're checking that out, here's just their stats right now. Um Judge currently sits at the last time we had done the stats which is yesterday, not taking tonight's games into consideration. Judge was at a 289 average with 35 now 36 home runs with 79 RBIs he struck including out. tonight. So that's now 33 straight games that he struck out. Since the All-Star break, Judge not going into tonight's games, not including tonight, was 15 out of his last 93, which is a 161 with five homers and 43 strikeouts. So he's in a slump. Is he starting to get back to his hitting ways again? Yes. That's why I think, even though it kills me to say as a Red Sox fan, I think Judge is still going to win. Ben Benintendi was in a slump at the beginning of the season. He's currently at a 280 average with 16 home runs and 65 RBI. So Judge has the advantage in the stats. But Ben Benintendi has closed the gap very yeah, quickly. Judge, Judge right now is at a 291 average. So he, he, I'm pretty sure he had a, even though he struck out, he had a pretty decent night. Yeah, he, he had uh let's see, what did he do? Da, 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 da. So while you're looking, Two runs, two hits, one RBI. So he had a good night. Um, Five at-bats. Ben Benintendi was the first Red Sox player that last series that happened over the weekend in the Bronx. was the first Red Sox player since Jimmy Fox in 1938 to hit two three-run home runs in the Bronx and is the youngest Red Sox player to ever hit six RBIs in the Bronx in one game since RBIs became a stat in the 1920s. Nice. So here's my question. 
Judge went into the slump. Benintendi's been on fire. And Benintendi's even said, I'm pretty sure Judge is going to win. Um, I think he will too. But what do you think, Rick? Do you think that Benintendi, with the way that they're going right now, with Benintendi's trajectory going up, Judge had a, has had a couple decent past few games but it's still you know you can't ignore 33 straight games striking he, out i i just think at this point uh with this amount of games left i mean he's still gonna get some hits uh it seems like he has at least leveled off for the time being uh i just think he's too big of a name not to win it at this point i mean he won the the uh the home run derby and if there's two things the media loves home runs and the yankees yeah, everyone's loving John Carlos Stan. We'll get into him in a little bit, but uh, I, I, Ben Tenney's gonna make it interesting, but I just think the name of Judge, uh, all that's happening around him, all the publicity that's pretty much happening around him. I mean, come on, he's a rookie, and the Yankees have already named a section of the stadium after him. I mean that that's that's something in itself, but I just don't see Ben Tenney getting it. Uh, if he does, that would be like an underdog win there that that would be so 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 surprising i i think it's going to be a little too little too late for benny biceps but definitely has closed the gap i think it'll be interesting going down the end but i i would even as a hardcore red sox fan i think judge is going to get it at the end of the day um and our third question of the week our third questionable call has LeBron James's power grab in Cleveland, we mentioned we we're going to talk about him because he had weighed in heavily on the Charlottesville incident. Yeah. Has his power grab in Cleveland destroyed the Cavaliers? Because a source out of the NBA came out today saying that there is a 100% chance this is LeBron James's last season in Cleveland. Uh, well, one, I don't necessarily believe that because I've also read counterclaims to that saying that he is going to return next year. Well, not next year, the after his contract ends, which will be after this year. I guess that would be next year. I'm an so, idiot. I'm an idiot. Um, so back to your question, uh, has it destroyed the Cavaliers? Um, it has made things uncomfortable. It definitely has, especially the thing between Kyrie and LeBron. Uh, I think... I think that's the more pressing issue on if the Cavaliers are going to be destroyed. Because what, what their issue is, Cleveland does need to prepare in case LeBron leaves. Because they've watched it twice. They watched him leave Cleveland when they failed to win the finals to go to Miami. And then they watched him leave Miami when they were failing to win the finals to go back to Cleveland. So, so I- they've seen the same story twice already. But yes. now here's the problem with that preparation is the Cavs are looking for young talent and potential for Kyrie to get ready, like you said, for that potential departure. Right now their main look is Porzingis from the Knicks, but they're also looking at Jason Tatum from the Celtics, Josh Jackson from the Suns, as well as Jamal Murray from the Nuggets. Just... Here's the problem. Yeah. None of these guys have any, not even Playoff experience, yet alone three of those four names on the list don't even have NBA experience yet. And when you're trading away Kyrie, who is still, in my opinion, the Cavs don't win that finals, but they don't have him. Game six, game seven, he has 40, 45 points, just tees off, hits the game winning, arguably the uh-huh. game winning shot uh-huh. in game seven. They don't win without him. 
I agree. You're trading him away for players that possibly don't even have NBA experience. How is that building a roster around LeBron for him to win? And if LeBron wants to win so much, there's basically two ex- reasons how I see it. It's either they trade away Kyrie, they get inexperienced players, and it's going to be like LeBron the first time around where he doesn't have a team around him and says, okay, I need to go leave and build a team somewhere else. Or they're going to keep Kyrie and just pray to God that the distraction doesn't affect Cleveland. Then they win the finals. But know that if you do keep Kyrie, you A, might lose out on the chance to get one of those players that you want. And also, what if you get back to the finals and lose, or even what if you somehow lose to Boston? See, it's kind of another scenario. And there. LeBron leaves anyway. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Like if if they they do come back, if Kyrie does come back this year, and LeBron may want to just leave after that because he just doesn't want to play with Kyrie, and Kyrie's just stuck there. See, my thing is, there's I just don't find any value right now for Kyrie. And value meaning he's a very good player. They just they can't find the value that they're gonna be looking for. Correct. Uh, and going back to them needing to prepare, that, that goes back to what you just said. They need to prepare just in case LeBron leaves. Because so, both of those scenarios both end with LeBron leaves. Uh, that he, Well, there's two scenarios pretty much. It's either at this point it's Kyrie leaves or LeBron leaves overall. Uh, and they're praying that both don't leave, meaning that Kyrie gets traded this year and LeBron just leaves after next year and goes to like the Lakers or something. Right, but, and that's why they feel they have to be prepared with someone like a Porzingis, like a Jason Tatum. But I can't see Boston giving away – I can't see any of those teams giving away any of those players. Part of, part of me thinks that they need to make this trade to have any sort of uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Peace in the locker room? Correct. Uh, but they cannot make this trade just for the sole fact that Kyrie is too talented to let go and LeBron may leave. Uh, and Kyrie was brought in, was drafted pretty much to be number one, was number one for a year, and then LeBron came back and a whole thing got shooken up. So that's why. Second fiddle. I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie and LeBron were apparently in L.A. a, a couple weeks ago. And didn't together, well, not together, at the same time, it didn't make any contact with each other. Kyrie hasn't talked to many people, if any, on the Cavaliers' side. Right, and that's funny that you bring up the LeBron and L.A. rumors because it's almost like a power move from LeBron because he's not squashing the Lakers' rumors. If anything, he's even feeding into them because do you remember when he tweeted out saying, hey, I want to you know, get a pickup game, who's around, and someone had mentioned come out to L.A., and LeBron had addressed L.A. as his hometown. It's almost like he's feeding into these L.A. rumors. But is, he had, he doing, that... is he doing this on purpose because he wants to watch and see if Cleveland's going to see that and build the roster around I mean, him to keep him? It's all, it's all for his brand. Um, I, in my opinion, it's all for his brand. Not necessarily the, the beef between Kyrie and LeBron, but going to the pickup game thing where KD and – was it Carmelo? Yeah, it was Melo. Yeah, they, man, they that, did it like that, a high-end – like high end, like, That should have been the all-star game. Yeah, that would have been sick. I was watching some of the clips on Bleacher Report on their Instagram. They were, they were balling. Even the all-star game has super teams now. <laughs> yeah, even, even pickup games have super teams. Yeah. But uh, – Shit, what was your question there? I'm sorry. 
is um is all this stuff that LeBron's doing feeding into the LA rumors? Oh, that's right. It's, is it gonna is this in the long term going to destroy Cleveland? And with if even next year, not that obviously not this season. It could be this season. I, Who I mean, knows? I'm, I mean, in my my honest opinion, I say either when LeBron leaves or LeBron retires as a Cleveland Cavalier, the Cavaliers are just going straight to the shitter because no one's want no one wants to go to Cleveland. The only reason why. Like people want to stay in Cleveland was to play with LeBron, but now it seems like LeBron is becoming this big prima donna. So he actually could be destroying. I just I, like I'm I'm like speaking out loud here, and like I'm thinking about this. Okay, he could, yeah, I I think he is destroying Cleveland. And look, I not a knock on the city of Cleveland, but there is a joke. The economy of the city of Cleveland is actually built off of LeBron. When LeBron left the Cavs the first time, all the businesses, the restaurants, the bars, everything around Quicken Loans and the surrounding area took major, major losses because no one was going to the games. The only yeah. game they went to was LeBron's return. I, I thought I thought you were their say, economy is actually based off of LeBron James. I thought you were going to say another joke that I've heard about Cleveland. What was that? <laughs> Someone went, I, I forget what comedian said it. Ah, uh, shit, what was, what was it mean? I want to think of his name. I, I don't remember, but he pretty much was like, yeah, Cleveland is like Iraq with snow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one time that I've been there, other than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't think I saw a single person on the street. But once again, this whole theory, uh, no, I, no, it, the it, economy it, it, is based off of LeBron James. Even when they had Kyrie, no one went to the games. Once LeBron came back, all right, Cavs. Well, on. I mean, it's also because they're winning, but... Kyrie, yeah, I mean, Glory I, fans. I don't think he is was was at least at the time a big enough name. He could be a big name now. I mean, he's he played very well in the finals. Not probably not this year, but the year beforehand. Uncle Drew. Yeah, yeah, he has the old Uncle Drew thing. So he he does have a brand as well now that he needs to watch out for. And in his brand, he doesn't want to be number two, which he is now. He wants to be number one. But is LeBron destroying Cleveland? He yes. Yeah. It, it's 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 looking bad. It's Can looking I get very good for baby Bron Bron. It's it's looking very, very, very grim yeah. for them right now. So it looks like the Cavs are gonna be in their final drive for a championship. So while we're on that, why don't we get into our final drive for the week? All right, the final drive is when we kind of end, end our show on a couple of headlines that not necessarily we thought were that big, but were big enough to make it to the show. But without further ado, let's start it off. Brought to you by my empty beer can. <laughs> Ice, Ice Cube defeat, defeats LeVar Ball in a big three four-point shooting contest to avoid purchasing $500 ZO2s, the big baller brand shoe, for LeVar's entire AAU basketball team. It wasn't really a shooting contest. It was more a chuck and heave contest. And Ice Cube beat him 2-1. to one. And I just want to say this. I'm so tired of talking about LeVar Ball. We, I'm, I'm praying that we don't even have to mention his name for next week's episode. Oh, yeah. He'll be there for episode six. Just you wait. <laughs> Shut up. What, what do you got next? <laughs> um, Holbrook out of the Jackson Little League in our home state in New Jersey will be advancing to the Little League World Series and will be representing our region from New Jersey. Only about a half hour away from our New, new Hope Studios. Jersey represent, baby. Dirty Jersey. What you got next? British Football League ref Ryan 
Atkins, am I saying that right? Correct. It will be. It, it will be. Is the first openly gay professional in English soccer. Big steps for the game. Let's see if that brings out any uh, gay players to come out of the English game. Really, something that hasn't been tested yet. Yeah. Um. The number one college basketball prospect, Marvin Bagley, the third, has committed to an already loaded Duke University freshman class. This is the first time since 2012 that both number one prospects have committed to the same college. Since Anthony Davis and Nearlands Noel went to Kentucky, Duke had landed Harry Giles last year, and that makes Duke now a 3-1 to one favorite to win the national title. They're still going to choke. Yeah. I can't it's, wait for it. I mean, they're, they're good, but I, I just I just have a feeling about Duke. Duke, for me, for the past few years, I feel like they're always just going to choke. It's a, it's a one-and-done mentality, but let's talk about well, I mean, someone who doesn't choke coming I, up next in well, a second. The, well, the one-and-done mentality happens with every single big name uh yeah basketball. I, but i don't know why it especially seems like with duke it's oh we have this loaded talented freshman class we're gonna win the national well, championship what's his name that, we're that, done. what's this name that always cries and complains that's going back for his senior year there um frick that guy that's what he's called grayson yeah. allen yeah, yeah 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 there it is all right next tim tebow greets an autistic fan with neurofibromatosis. we've had a lot of difficult <laughs> words on here neurofibromatosis Thank you. I'm going to go with that. Uh, on the on-deck circle with the St. Lucia Mets, then proceeds to bat and hit a home run on the first pitch. Way to go, Tim Tebow. But he, then he also got drilled in the head with a pitch this week. And he walked it off and stayed drilled. in the game. Drilled. He walked it off and stayed in the game. Phil, 413, the legend, the prayers of everything of Timmy Tebow continues. Um, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, not the Superdome, but Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Falcons' brand-new stadium and arena, is going to have the world's greatest fast-food restaurant, Chick-fil-A, at the new stadium. Yay! But will be closed for most home games because one does football play? Most of the time, what day of the week? Right? Sunday, boo. And when is Chick-fil-A closed? Sunday, boo. boo! And not only should Chick-fil-A open on Sunday... Why the hell isn't Chick-fil-A open past 10 p.m.? Like, imagine drunk 1 a.m. Chick-fil-A. Just I, imagine it. I was, <laughs> well, instead of Taco Bell, that would probably be a lot better. But uh, I was I was reading Zaxby's is another, is like a fast food joint that's that's more southern than uh, New Jersey. It's going to be like the chicken, the official chicken. But Chick-fil-A wanted to spot in there because they are actually based out of Atlanta. I believe Georgia is somewhere, but I believe in Atlanta. Is where they're based out. They'll probably get some sales for they, some concerts. They have, yeah, they'll have concerts, Atlanta like, all, United. all the things like that. But I believe it's one game, one game that they're going to be open this season for the Atlanta Falcons game. It's because they play on a Monday. Atlanta United better unite and conquer that Chick Fil A stand. All right, let's go to the next. Uh, Yankee superfan Joe's McFly live stream Chapman giving up two inning, uh, two ninth inning home runs to Red Sox. And Mets rookies in the same week. It was Andrew Benintendi for the Red Sox, and who was it for the Mets? I know that you would know because you're honestly, right actually, I really don't know. Honestly, I've I've followed, I've watched some of the games. I didn't watch that game. Uh, I I just I, the Mets are just bad. I'm, I just lost a lot of interest. Just. But uh, was actually really cool. The, our man uh, he tweeted back at us at wide open underscore sports. He t he tweeted back at us saying. 
I only I only needed to be twice. Me, he only needs it to happen twice in his life. And because it we twice. we had tweeted at him saying, you know what they say? Sometimes lightning strikes twice. Because twice in the same week, he wished a roll. He watched a Roldis Chapman give up a ninth inning home run. Obviously, the Red Sox won. He actually, uh, my correction, Ben Intendi won the game that Sunday. It was Rafael Devers for the Red Sox. It was the rookie who hit the home run to tie it in the ninth. Uh, luckily, they escaped the game against the Mets, but he watched Chapman give up two ninth inning home runs to rookies and live stream them both twice. And the second time was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. We, we've all been there pretty much. We've all been there being over cocky about our teams and they just let us down. So shout out. Thank you for tweeting out at the show. Yeah, thanks, man. First celebrity um, interaction with the show. Quote unquote celebrity. Cheers. Uh, what you got next for us? Um, representatives from the Miami Marlins, a.k.a. Derek Jeter, say they are willing to engage in trade talks with the man most likely to hit the glorious 60 home run mark next, Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo has been on a ridiculous tear. It actually ended uh, – he's got – he got hits today, but he didn't hit a home run today. So that that, that six, ended at six games where he hit a home run. Six nights of Stanton. Which is still pretty good. Uh, and I think this would actually be in the best benefit for the Miami Marlins to trade him. Because they would get so much value. Especially at, now that he's like a big publicity thing right now. It would be so big right now. And not for only that trade. too. You know that like he's still year, guaranteed but... another $275 million on his contract. That's ridiculous. I say that again. $275 million. He's going to get that from Derek Jeter next year. Um, you're gonna like this next one. What you got next, Rick? Martavis Bryant back with the Steelers. Woo! Ooh. I'm so happy about that. I personally put that one in there. How do you think he's gonna do? I'm praying that he's gonna be great. I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, apparently, some of the reports are saying out of camp that he's doing good, but he didn't play in the first preseason game because he wasn't able to practice with the team at all. So hopefully, that means he'll practice. He'll be able to play this Sunday with the Steelers. Uh, and also, this this last one, I kind of also added on a, uh, a personal note as well, so I'll just take that one from yeah, there. Yeah, of course. So, uh, big, I'm a big poker fan. Like I, like I mentioned before, uh, with uh, Full Slice Podcast, Tyler and I, we uh, we play with each other. Not Tyler, Kyle. Kyle. We uh, Sorry about that, Kyle. We play with each other uh, at uh, Triumph Brewery and New Hope PA every once in a while. Uh, one of my favorite shows from years ago, Poker After Dark. It was a late night TV show on NBC that would always play poker. Is gonna is coming back. Actually premiered its first episode this past Monday on the 14th uh, on the Poker Go app slash website. It's like a subscription website where you can uh, I think it's like ten dollars a month or like a hundred dollars a year, and you can watch the a limited amount of poker and i and for me one poker is most definitely a sport two i love to watch and play poker the world series of poker when i was a kid in middle school was my favorite drama yes so that and that's uh that's how we ended there i actually thought of you because when oh, i was in you. alaska um poker.com had was just in town in wrangle alaska and their boat was still posted up in the dock and had left just when we had arrived to the town but we just missed meeting some of the guys by a couple hours really yeah oh wow i was like oh <laughs> that sucks 
that you missed them. But I mean, that's a cool story. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how we're ending it. Episode five, kind of a little anniversary for us. <laughs> Think about five episodes. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, we're not celebrating our one month here, Feds. But we are celebrating once again. We're back on. We're well, not back. We are officially on iTunes once again. You can go search us in your podcast app on your phone, or search us up on your laptop. Just make sure you get over to the podcast category instead of being on their music or movies, and you can subscribe, give us some rates and reviews, tell us what you think, and you can also check us out. Um, not only check out our Twitter at wide open underscore sports, you can also check out our apple page in our twitter bio and make sure look out for that poll because we'll be posting it about do you think that ezekiel elliott deserves this is or not does he deserve will he get out of his appeal yes or no make sure you vote and comment so we can include you in the show just like we did for jeff and steve this week we're also still going to be uploading on soundcloud so we're not going to forget about them actually uh i'm pretty sure the way that itunes works is it it's 24 hours before your podcast can be uploaded but SoundCloud, it's right away. So if you want to listen right away, be right up on SoundCloud. And then 24 hours later, you can listen on your iPhone, on your MacBook, wherever you have iTunes, uh, and listen to the Wide Open Sportscast. I got a simpler solution for you. Just what? follow us on Twitter and just check the updates. Yes, follow us on Twitter, guys. Uh, that's it for us. Thank you very much, Feds. It's been a great episode. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Rick. This guy is Feds. Hi. Thank you, guys, and have a great day, night, evening, whenever you're going to watch this. Thank you. Bye-bye. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.